0: It was June the 4th, a little bit over a month ago, that I got a call from my boss. And he said to me, he said, Sam, you're not in the office today. I said, yes, boss. My daughter is graduating tomorrow. And he said, well, I'm here to see you. Immediately something went through my spirit and I said, this can't be good. Your boss doesn't fly in from Tampa, Florida, unless they have two things to promote you or to let you go. <laughs> it turns out that he was there to let me go just the day before my daughter's graduation, in two weeks before we moved into our new home. But I'm thankful. That God is not a witness. What do you say? That when he takes away something, he gives you something better. Amen. The word of God says, though he giveth or he taketh, God, his children, never forsake it. Because he has a very simple purpose. He's very solely to preserve you and me. Pure and holy. I was unemployed for a little while. And my wife will tell you, I am a cheerful person. But my joy was hurt. My praise, however, was not hurt. Because I believed that he who is my creator... He who saw it fit to take away that job that I thought was my retirement has a bigger plan than I could see it at the time. I'd like to invite you to read with me the book of Job chapter 1 that was read so eloquently by the young lady. Thank you very much for, for reading. And thank you the Haddies, for that special music is one of my favorite songs. That song has seen me through some difficult times. Because when I can say and Jesus said, "Come to the water. Stand by my side. I know you are thirsty, but you will not be denied. I know every teardrop. I've seen it when you've cried." But I'm just here to remind you that it's for those tears, for those tears, for those moments that I died. I am thankful that Jesus not only died for my tears, but that he rose again to remind me that he's still very much the God of my difficult places. The God who deserves my praise. Let us pray together. Oh Lord, we thank you for your living word that is spoken in our lives today. I thank you for the experiences that you allow us to go through. I thank you that through those experiences, our faith can grow. It took three days for Jonah in the belly of a whale. So realize that he cannot change your plan. And so I pray, Father in heaven, that whatever we go through, we will never lose our praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Job chapter 1, verse 20 through 22. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and fell to the ground and worshipped, it. And worshipped, it. Ladies and gentlemen. And wash it. And he said. Naked. I, come, I, I came from my mother's womb. And naked. Shall I return there? The Lord gave. And the Lord has taken away blessed be the name of the Lord. And I want you to mark this last part because I think it's beautiful. It says and in all this in all this Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. All King James Version says will foolishly my brothers and sisters I believe that job one chapter one shows us how to praise God in the midst of everything that we go through and so my assignment this morning my brothers and sisters in Belleville is to tell you that praise may not change your circumstances but you should not let your circumstances change your praise. Most of us have no issues whatsoever to praise God when all is well. But Job shows us how to praise God when all hell breaks loose. When we consider all aspects of praise, we need to first realize that praise is the highest work carried out by God's children. Revelation says that when we go home that day, our job will be praising God. And we we need to realize that God's throne is the highest point in the entire universe. And so the praises that we lift up to him actually reaches up to the highest point possible. The throne of God. How important is it for us to praise, you might ask. Just asking David. In Psalms, he says that he not only praised God three times a day, not only prayed God three times a day, but he also praised God seven times a day. He praised God, ladies and gentlemen, twice, more than twice as much as he prayed. I believe from down deep within my heart that anybody can pray when life is difficult, but all oh, it takes faith to praise when life becomes a struggle, when we are afflicted in one by one thing or another here's a fact and I know you probably know this already but in case you are not aware let me give you a personal news break life can sometimes and will sometimes be very painful anyone who tells you otherwise is selling you something you really cannot afford to buy And so the book of Job is everyone's story, everyone sitting in here today. I believe, particularly for those of us who have reached an age of maturity, we've been through something. We've lost something. We've lost a job. You know, we've lost something that meant something to us. We've lost a livelihood. We've lost a relationship. We've lost a parent. And you know what? It's easy to praise God when that check is going into your bank account. It's easy to say amen when your bank account is okay, when you can meet your bills, when your marriage is strong, But when the relationship hits the rocks and maybe divorce is imminent or mentioned in your discussion, can you really praise God? It was October 2013 that I received that phone call nobody wants to receive. My dad was on the other line in Kenya where he lives and he said, son, Your mother is dead. It was three o'clock in the morning. And I woke up and music does something to my system. I said, I need music to carry me through this. Jesus, I can't bear this. I am my mother's only son. How could she go without me being there? And so I put in a CD and the music came on all the glory and the honor belongs to my father. None can compare to his mercy and power. Praise ye the Lord all oh my soul. And I said but Lord how do I praise when I'm hurting? I'm here to tell you that my father showed me what it means to praise. When you're going through circumstances so difficult that you don't know what to do. In Africa, in Kenya, let me talk about Kenya in general. When we lose a loved one, we go through processes and, and finally the body is brought home. Here you keep the body in the funeral home and bring it out for prayer and then you go bury it. In Kenya, they bring it to the home. It's culture for the body to spend a few days in the home. And I want to tell you something. I may not have traveled to Kenya, but I had somebody videotape the whole thing. I remember it was a Friday afternoon as the body arrived at the gates. I've never heard people cry so much. There was screaming and yelling and sadness just all over the place. And my father, being the preacher that he is, he stood up and he grabbed people's hands and he started singing, Come we that love the Lord and let your joys be known. Join in our song with sweet accord. And I said, how can he do that? The man watched his wife in intensive care unit for six months And now she's dead. And he's leading in choir. He's leading in music. The word of God says that the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan appeared in the presence of God. Come here, let me tell you something. We always say we're not going to go to the bars or the clubs because that's where the devil is. But can I tell you this morning that the devil shows up in holy places? Can I tell you that the devil shows up in your job, in your home, in your prayer, in your devotion? And I want you to notice one thing as you look, look at Job chapter 1. I... I've gained so much from Job chapter 1 that it speaks to me personally. The Lord noticed Satan. And the Bible says that a discussion ensued and he said, buddy, what are you doing here? And the devil has to be honest with God. He can fool you and me. We can come in here and look all stoic We're in the presence of the master, but the devil has to be honest with the Lord. And he says, I've been going to and fro. And then the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? It was not Job's enemies who brought him up. It was God who brought up his name. Most of us would want God to bet on us. But may I remind you that Job got in trouble because god could bet on him it was not his friends that bet on him it was god who bet on him and god job says god says job is perfect he's upright he ensues evil you know he he, he, this is god bragging about job and ladies and gentlemen it almost feels like it was like a misguided missile because trouble seemed to have hit Job uh, like a missile would hit a wrong target. Out of nowhere, Job was ambushed by the unexpected. In one day, Job suffered the loss of a lifetime. He loses his flock, he loses his food, he loses his fleece, he loses his family. He loses his finances, but thank God, Job did not lose his faith. Amen. The loss of anything, my brothers and sisters, can be painful and overwhelming. Losing someone or something has caused people to go into clinical depression. And I'm not a nurse, but my wife is, and she tells me, Some of the depression will start as very simple negative thoughts. And then before you know it, discouragement sets in and and a discouraged person cannot praise God. A discouraged person starts to ask, does God really care? So chapter one is filled with troubles. I'm not going to read it. You know all about it, but in verse 20, the Bible says that he gets up, tears his clothes off, shaves his head, and worships God. Most people in Belleville today know how to pray under pressure. But most of us, and not many of us, know how to praise under pressure. And so my assignment today is to show you how to keep your praise in the middle middle of your troubles. Number one, I have three points for you. Number one, you keep your praise because God is still present even in your trouble. Amen, somebody. You are not probably going to agree with me but Satan was behind Job's trouble but also behind Satan God himself was there. The Bible says that the devil, your adversary is busy. If you don't find it, if you don't believe it, you'll find trouble in your home. If he's not in your home, you find trouble in your job. And when you get him out of your home, you find trouble in your church somebody. And he's not in your, if he's not in your family, he's in your finances. And if he's not in your finances, he's trying to steal your joy. And if he's not trying to steal your joy he's trying to steal your peace. I have two daughters. I told you that. And because of that I enjoy a wonderful relationship. Father-daughter relationship. Those girls are precious to me. And from time to time we'll start to talk and, and, and they'll come up to me and they'll tease me about certain things and And then I'll say to them, okay, girls, now you're disturbing my peace. (laughs) To which they love and say, oh, come on, Dad, you know that's your job. (laughs) And can I tell you something? If the devil is not bothering you right now, it's just a ceasefire. It's just a ceasefire. He wants you to be vulnerable. He wants you to let your guard down. He wants you to assume your prayer life. He wants you to say, you know what I'm I'm doing alright. I don't need to read the Bible today. He wants you to be relaxed in your Christian life. And then BAM, something happens. I need you to get this, my brothers and sisters. The devil contends that all of us in here today, in this building, have something that will make us throw in the towel. For some of us, it's your family. For others, maybe it's your job, whatever it is. I remember one day, uh, Back in Kenya, uh, I was sitting in the house. By the way, I, I have to tell you, I, w- I grew up scared of death. The mention of death, I would freeze cold. I was the only son in my father's house. And I had my, own, my room and my three sisters had their room. And on the day when I heard that somebody died, I insisted on sleeping in my sister's <coughs> room. I could not bear to be alone to think about death by myself. So the devil would rather have you scared. And if he doesn't have you scared, he says, are you kidding me? You think Ray is going to worship you every day? No, Lord. It's because you have a hedge of protection around him. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that we're here today because of God's hedge of protection. I told you that I just started a new job. My old job was six kilometers away. I learned to be lazy. I'd roll out of bed, roll back in, and then get up just 15 minutes rush to the shower take my shower and through the door and still make it to work on time isn't it amazing that the lord has given me a job but it's 65 kilometers away <laughs> sometimes I laugh I say god you're amazing <laughs> well, How do I go from 6.5 to 65 <laughs> and every day I've got home the city of Toronto is a difficult place I told my wife, I'm late because there was an accident. Every day. I'm not talking about one. I talk about every day. Sometimes it's when I'm going to work. Sometimes it's when I'm coming back from work. And can I tell you? God protects us. The reason that you are here today, the reason why you can get in your car and drive home and go about your business is not because you are better than anybody else, but it's because of God's edge of protection. Somebody ought to thank God for the hedge of protection. So the devil says, hey, 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 man, the only reason why Job is serving you is because you've given him everything. But he says, why don't you just allow me to touch my little bit? Yesterday, was it yesterday or the other day before? I'm driving on highway 401 and I'm going home and I, I try to be as careful of a driver as I can. And I look behind and there is this car coming. I said, he's not going to stop. And sure enough, as soon as traffic stopped, he was not watching and he had to go beside me. To avoid hitting me, I'm talking about the hedge of protection. The devil knows that you have it. Do you know that you have a hedge of protection around you? And that that hedge of protection is what keeps you alive today? So, my question to you is Would you serve? God for nothing. The devil accused Job of commercial faith. He's accusing you today. He said the only reason why they are sitting at church at Delvin's this morning is because of you've given them everything. But he says, God, just give me a chance to start touching. And I guarantee you, Lord, they will go from worshiping you to cursing you. so my question again would you serve god for nothing if god would take some of the blessings that you've got this morning would you still serve him if god does not change your situation would you still serve him if you don't get that job that you are so much needing would you still serve him if that medicine that you're taking doesn't lower your blood pressure would you still serve him If your family falls apart and you lose your loved one today, would you still serve him? Somebody needs to thank God for the hedge of protection. That's why the song says through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come, but it was grace that brought me along this far. And that leads me to point number two. Make sure your faith is still focused. Amen, somebody. Can I tell you something? Whatever area in your life that the devil is disturbing this morning, whatever is bothering you today is not what he wants. All the trouble you go through is because he wants your faith. I remember just a few weeks ago after I got my new job, my wife said to me, I've never seen you like that. She said, I knew I was married to a strong man, but I've never seen your faith shaken like that. So if, you, if your family is going through troubles, Remember I told you, he doesn't want your family. He already has enough company. He doesn't want your job. He already has a job. Whatever you're going through, the devil wants to steal your faith. Job says, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. That is focused faith. When you are born at birth, you came with nothing. And so, therefore, when you leave, you will live the same way. That means that everything we get in between birth and our death, the Lord gave it to us in the first place. A story is told of a woman sitting at the airport, waiting for her flight. She's sitting next to this man. She looks over. And she notices that he's eating a cookie. And she got upset. She said, how dare he eat my cookies? So she reached into the bag, picked out a cookie, and ate it. And she just watched him as he reached into the same bag, picked up a cookie, and ate it. By this time, she's angry, but she chooses not to say anything. Until she got on the plane. And she went to reach out into her bag, And found that her bag of cookies was still in her her bag. So she was getting upset at this gentleman for eating her cookies. But yet this whole time she was the one eating his cookies. Do you know that we get angry with God when he takes something he has already given us? When it's his in the first place? So we ought to Bless God because he gives something before he takes. God cannot take something that He's not given you. We ought to thank God because he does not take everything away. He takes, but he leaves enough for us to sustain ourselves. So God is putting your faith and mine on a witness stand. Sometimes God appears to be silent while you're going through a trial just like he did with Job. Job was very familiar with God's silence. As we read the great book of Job we'll see that Job in all his pain and suffering and agony cried out to God continuously. But I came to tell you that when a teacher gives an exam in the class the teacher Remain silent. And that's because he's giving you, he or she's giving you time to think through your exam. To come up with the best solutions for your exam. It would not make sense if, 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 if God gave you a test and started to interrupt. Brother George, this morning as he led us through summer school, we, we see that God was silent for Jonah for three days. Which leads me to number three. He is still worthy to be washed. Amen, somebody. Right. Amen. The enemy wants you to see that God's delay in your life. He, or silence is directed due to his lack of love for you. It was in 2011, I believe, when uh, the tornado ha- hit Haiti. And my kids always tease me. They say, Dad, we've never seen a most sensitive man. <laughs> And they said to me, maybe it's because you were born with ladies and you learned to be sensitive. And I take that as a compliment because I was a mama's boy. And so, we watched as images of people in Haiti going through agony and different things. And one evening, something stood out to me. I watched as in the middle of all that distress in the middle of all that rubbles uh, everything is broken down there's no roofs over their heads there's no food to eat there's no water to drink and the best thing that ever happened to me is I saw a group of family amen somebody gather under the tree under the cover of darkness and that started to say uh, they start to sing the song son of my soul O oh savior dear it is not night if thou be near oh may my soul in thee abide forever in my savior's arms he is worthy he's worthy to be praised so listen to me ladies and gentlemen The bet between Satan and God was not what would happen to Job. The devil did not expect Job to stop going to church, no. The devil bet that Job would say something. He bet that Job would curse God. And he had a little help from his wife, didn't he? What did his wife say to him? Are you still going to hold on? Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that the devil is betting on you to say the wrong things when things don't go well in your life? God needs somebody here today who will praise him when others are frowning. God needs somebody in here today who will stand out because of your praise. So if you find others trying to discourage you, the Bible says, fret not yourself of evildoers, neither be thou envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down. If you find your mind disturbed, ladies and gentlemen, his word says, thou, th- thou shalt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And so if you find yourself going through something, it is my prayer that you'll wait upon the Lord. Amen. Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. That word blessed is where the word eulogy comes from, which means to speak something good about someone. A musician that I've come to love recently wrote a piece of song that saw me through some of those difficult moments. Those nights when I sat at home and watched my wife go to work and I'm sitting at home and said, this wasn't supposed to happen. And then these words came to me. It says, take this fainted heart. Take these tainted hands. Wash me in your love. Come like grace again. Even when strength is lost, I'll praise you. Even when I have no song, I'll praise you. Even when it's hard to find the words louder, then I'll sing your praise. Even when the fight seems lost, i'll praise you even when it hurts so much i will praise you even when it makes no sense to sing louder than i'll sing your praise even when the morning comes i will praise you even when the fight is won i will praise you even when my time on earth is done louder still i will sing your praise Lord, my heart burns only for you. You are all I want. And my soul waits for you only. And I will sing till the miracle comes. I will always praise your name. First Peter chapter 3 verse 15. We are told a very simple but almost difficult thing to do. This is what he says, 1st Peter chapter 3 verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give defense to everyone, not just people who know you, to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope in you with meekness and fear. We must remember that we live here as citizens of heaven. We must remember we have an unseen adversary contending for our souls. Job passed the test by holding on to his praise. Will you hold on to yours?